Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Launching kids into the world is no joke, whether you're sending your kid to kindergarten or off to college. Some days we wonder if we're doing anything right. One thing is for sure, we all want to do it well. Hi, I'm Jamie, mom of four. And I'm Lisa, mom of three. We're here to help and encourage you in your parenting journey. Never perfect, always honest, and in the trenches with you. We're experienced, but not experts. You ready? Let's Let's launch. launch. So my mom used to say to me when I was growing up, and honestly, Jamie, I don't remember when the first time I heard this, mm-hmm. but she used to say to me, Lisa, I don't want you to be happy. I want you to love Jesus more than anything. And I thought, wow, that's, you don't want me to be happy. Like, yeah. I don't understand that. But I didn't understand that until I became a mother. And then when it really was solidified for me was we were, I, I, I don't know, my kids were probably, they were stair step ages and my middle was, I don't know, maybe four. And it was one Christmas and we were sitting around the tree. I think it was a Christmas Eve. And I said to my kids, hey, what's your favorite ornament on the tree? And so they they all kind of took their moment and walked around the tree to find their favorite ornament. And my middle son, who who I would say has always been very tender and in particular, tender to the things of the Lord. Mm -hmm. He walked around the tree and I thought, oh, he's going to pick out the Buzz Lightyear ornament Uh or whatever. And he reached up and he pulled off the tree a cross. It was a cross ornament. Mm -hmm. And he handed it to me. And when he did, he began to cry. And of course, I began to cry. Yeah. I mean, my husband began to cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it was in that moment, Jamie, I, I thought to myself, I just want him to love Jesus more uh, than anything. And yeah. I get it. Yeah. Like, I got it. I flashed back to my mom saying, right. I don't want you to be happy, Lisa. I just want you to love Jesus. Yeah. I thought, that's what I want. Yeah. Here's why. And I, I get it now. And I realize why she said that. Because if the kid, loves Jesus more than anything. They will be happy. Yeah. Because that's the life. Yeah. Right. And so I realized that that's the faith is what would make them happy. What would make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about faith today, mm-hmm. talking about parenting with faith yeah. with kids. It's complicated. It's so complicated. Yeah. I remember I was interviewing um Beth Moore on the my podcast a couple of years ago and she said she prayed for her kids, kinda like what your mom said. Yeah. She prayed that that more than anything they would love Jesus because everything else will work itself out. Mm, so true. And I have clung to that. Yeah. I'm like, I want my kids to love Jesus because everything else will work itself out. Yeah. Like we're trying to fight all these battles love Jesus and everything will work it out. I remember when one of my kids was younger, we had, he had come into big church with us for some reason. And would there were 
I was tucking him in that night and we were talking about church service. Yeah. And I believe it might have been Easter or something because the whole Jesus' death, burial, resurrection yeah. had been talked about um, that day, which you can talk about it more than just on Easter. Right. But it's not, I mean, yeah. I'm just not the thinking, only day that exactly. we talk about that. Yeah. And I remember tucking him in and, and we kind of went through the whole thing. And I said, would you like to follow Jesus? Mm. I mean, do you see what he did for you? Do you want to give your life to him and follow him? And I literally was thinking, I'm about to have a moment. Like the angels are going to start singing. <laughs> I'm going to be able to tell Aaron, our kid is now a follower of Jesus. We're going to cheers each other before we go to bed. I mean, I was just thinking, yeah. this is it. This is the, the moment yeah. I've been waiting for. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, do you, do you want to follow Jesus? Mm. Do you want to give him your life? And do you want to follow him? And he looked at me and he said, uh, I actually think I don't want to do that. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. He said, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. No. Oh, oh, me neither. Remember, yeah. I was waiting for the angels to start singing <laughs> and the <laughs> right. whole moment. Right. He said, I just don't think I'm ready for that. Mm. And I remember in the moment, it. I kind of had to sit there and take it in for a second because I'm like, well, thank you for your honesty. Yeah. I also thought in that moment, Lisa, Faith is so hard with our kids because yeah. we want them to love Jesus so with everything that we have. Mm. And the reason we want them to is because we know the abundant joy that there is. We yeah. know the salvation that there is. Yep. We know eternity uh, you know, is on the line. And so we know all these things. And of course, we want it for our kids. But also in that moment, I had to remember my husband, Aaron, and I, we've made a commitment. We don't want our kids to just say they love Jesus because it will make us happy. Mm. We don't want them to just say, yeah, I'm a Christian so that my parents will, you know, be happy with me. Yeah. And so I had to kind of, that was a moment of loosening my grip on my kids' faith Mm. right there of going, well, here's what I know to be true. I can't save my kids. Yeah. I can't save my kids, which on the flip side, you can't damn your kids either. You know, like. That's right. And we'll talk about that a lot this whole season. But I can't save them. And I wanted so badly to be able to to save him in that moment and I couldn't today millions around the world are suffering as a result of violence oppression and extreme poverty sometimes this endless cycle of suffering can feel overwhelming if you're like me you want to play a part in bringing an end to suffering and at the same time I think we all want our children to have a deeper understanding of the needs in the world and guide them towards becoming generous and compassionate adults but sometimes it's hard to know exactly where to start and who to trust that's why I'm super excited to tell you about the path from our friends at world relief The Path is a community of bold, compassionate people of faith who are committed to fighting against suffering and injustice in pursuit of lasting change with their monthly gifts to world relief. Whether it's a crisis in Ukraine, an earthquake in Haiti, or a wave of refugees from Afghanistan, you can trust that the Path community is already there, responding with the love of Jesus alongside you and your family and your children. Empowered by the monthly support from the PATH community, World Relief is making a difference around the world, and you can be a part of it. You guys, I personally love the work that World Relief is doing with the PATH community. I trust them, and I believe in them, and I want to give you the opportunity to join as well. You can join the PATH community of monthly givers by visiting worldrelief.org slash launch. That's worldrelief.org slash launch, L-A-U-N-C-H. Launch your kids into life by leading them to love like Jesus. Join the path at worldrelief.org slash launch today.
Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. I think that's so real. You know, also, when you were talking, what what I thought about was the word disappointment came to my mind. And I think if there's a word that marks a lot of our faith journey with our kids, it's this expectation, Mm -hmm. but then disappointment because of how we've built it up, whether it be a moment or whether it be the package that we expect, uh-huh. that we hope. And listen, there's some great motives there. It's like, you know, we we know the life. Yeah. We know the future. No, we, we don't know the future. I don't mean that. But, no, we, but know, we know what we could, know the promises exactly. of the future, right? right? You know what I mean? And so we want that for them. Of course, you want the ultimate abundant life for your kids. You want them to know Jesus. You want them to all those things. So there's there's the the beauty of that. Yeah. Uh, but then there's this disappointment if it doesn't go in that way. And let me tell you something. I mean, so many parents have had disappointment with faith journeys. I yeah. think all of us to a degree, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. And, it, you know, I think back to my own um, experiences with my kids in this. And one of my fears was something that I voiced to to my oldest son I think he was a sophomore in high school, if I remember right. And I, 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 vivid, vivid memory. I remember going into his bedroom and I was worried at this point in time, Jamie, that, that his faith wouldn't be real. Yeah. And the reason why was because he went to a Christian school at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, you know, Christian home, mom's doing this ministry work full time. And, um, you know, great church, all these things. And so I just thought, I don't want this to be about spiritual osmosis. You know, Mm -hmm, I don't want this to be about like my parents' faith because I knew that's not going to be real. That's not going to help him in hard times. Right, exactly. And so I remember I I said to him, I said, honey, you know what my biggest fear is? And he's like, what? And I said, my biggest fear is that you won't understand how amazing God is Mm -hmm. because you're just surrounded by God's stuff all the time. And he's a thinker and he thought about that. and, and, And later on, we had kind of the conclusion of that conversation. And he said, you know, mom. I, I get my faith stuff really at home mm-hmm. and with you guys. And it's not about school. Like I yeah. look at that at school. Anyway, it was, that wasn't the point. It but the point good. was I was worried yeah. about would his faith be real? Oh, yeah. And I think that's the important point here mm-hmm. is that w- our kids' faith doesn't need to be our faith. Yeah. It needs to be their faith, yeah. right? And yeah. so what are we doing to – Make sure that their faith is their faith, mm-hmm. yeah. not our faith. Yeah. And we got to take our feelings out of that. We have to take our feelings out of it for sure. And there are things that we can do. But like I said, everything that we can do that we'll give like, here's some advice. Here's some examples. None of that saves your kid. 
Right. That's what I think what the thing is. None of it saves your kid. And so for me, I'm like, man, how do I just point them to Jesus in conversations? How do I be an example of what it looks like to follow Jesus? Mm. How do I invite them into what we're doing as a family with yeah. um, with loving Jesus? How do I talk about, you know, the scriptures say, you know, write it on your doorpost. Talk about it day and night when you walk, when you're awake. Talk about the scriptures with your kids. And I think those are some things that we can do tangibly. Yeah. But I also think sometimes for me, I'm just like, I just want my kids to see me as a real person Mm. with highs and lows and good things and bad things and successes and failures still depending on the source of my life, which is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God. And so inviting them into those things, you know, is something that that we can do that sometimes feels scary. Um, You know, my husband's a pastor. I do Christian speaking and write Christian books and all the things that I do. And so there has been a fear for Aaron and I that our kids will actually hate Mm. church, hate God, yeah, because um, it's their parents' job in a way. Which is a weird, let's just say, it's just a, that's a weird dynamic. I'm pastor's daughter. It's a weird so dynamic. So I grew up on that side of it in the family. Yeah, yeah, so it is. Yeah. It's a weird dynamic. And I understand everyone listening doesn't live in this dynamic, but we still have the fear that our kids aren't going to follow God, Jesus. Right. And so for us, it just feels magnified a little bit. Yeah. And we have really decided, I told you the story about one of my kids saying, no, I don't really want to follow Jesus. Um and he was eight, and it, he's he's changed his tune since then. Yes, you know, he, praise he's God, following yeah. Jesus. Yeah, now. I love that. Um, but there is also I want to talk to you about this about how do we hold loosely our kids and their journeys? Because mm. I look back at my faith journey, and almost everyone that I know's faith journey is it changes over time. Yeah, and there is this lack of maturity as a child, and I by no means think that you don't have a real faith when you're 12 7 15 right of course you can have a real faith yeah obviously yeah i also know that there's maturity that comes as you get older you know and so i look back at my own faith journey and i think man i grew up in church going every week a couple times a week Mm -hmm. and didn't really give my life to the lord till i was 21 Mm. and so do i want that for my kids absolutely not i went through a lot of bad things yeah do i trust that god is in control of their lives I think so. I want to. I mean, yeah. And the yes. Thing, yeah. And I mean, the thing is, what choice do we have? That's exactly right. I, but I, we think we have a choice. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Yeah. I think we think somehow, hello, we talk we talk about this all season, but it's this illusion of control yep. that we can somehow force them to have that relationship with God that we know is what's best for them. Yeah. Uh, we can do what we can do, and we should. We yeah. should. We should have them, um, you know, introduced to God at an early age. We should, you know, do all those things that nurture that relationship, yeah. and and have them have a healthy view of church, and all of those things that are so important. You know, the Bible, like all of that stuff. You know, I mean, here's the reality. I, I grew up in a in a in a pastor's family. I told you this, and I watched my dad preach Sunday after Sunday. Amazing, uh-huh. and I loved God, Jamie, from the time I was six. I, I, I had a. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a rebel. Uh-huh. So like there, I had a sort of a, a wild relationship myself with the yeah. Lord, but I loved Him deeply. Yeah. But what I really wanted from my dad was not to watch him preach. I wanted him to come home and pray with our family. Mm. I didn't understand the dynamics of his job. I didn't understand all the pressures he was under. I just wanted that real moment at home. Uh. And so I think, 
you know, there has to be grace on all sides to where we 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 understand that our kids don't fully understand everything that's happening. But it's it's like with all of the rest of our parenting. It is it is that vulnerability as parents to say, my faith journey isn't perfect. Yeah, I'm still growing. Um, But here's what I love. I love the word of God. It helps, you know, us. It helps guide us. I think one of the things that is hard for us as parents is not taking this faith journey of our kids personally. Oh, yeah. Because, again, we may somehow we can always make everything about About us us. as humans. (laughs) And it's all about me. Right. right. What have I done? It's all about me. Um, At the end of the day, your child is God's. Mm -hmm. He created that child. That child is not yours. Yeah. And um, he loves them more than you, which I know it's hard for us to fathom. We know it cognitively, but we've got to really yeah. remember that. Yeah. Um, and so as much as we can scramble and try and whatever, I mean, forcing it's never going to work. Right. But we also can't take it personally when they do walk away, yeah. if they do yeah. walk away. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the one of the messages I get the very most and the emails I get very most is from parents who say, my child has walked away from the faith. Yeah. What can I do? What yeah. did I do wrong? All of those mm-hmm. things. Um, and I, I just want to release somebody from that totally. right now because yeah. I feel like that's that's a burden too big to carry. Yeah. Um, could We can't go back even if there were things we could change. Yeah. And so I think it's real important to just be honest and vulnerable. I will also say along the way in the faith journey with our kids, I do think it's important not to assume that they're just doing great with mm-hmm. God and like everything's great or or that they don't have questions. And so don't assume, but that's across the board, whether it be faith or whatever. Yeah. Uh, have the open dialogue, mm-hmm. ask questions. Yeah. And, and let's talk about this for a minute. And, you know, this season we do a whole show on comparison. Mm-hmm. So we'll kind of dive into yeah. that. But one thing too that I want to plan on for, for just a second here is this idea of comparison. Oh, yeah. Because... I know for me, there have been times when I've looked at other people's kids and I've thought, that kid is such a spiritual giant. Oh my gosh. And my kid, I'm not sure they read the Bible. I don't know if they know where a Bible is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, Lisa, one time I was speaking at an event and um the speaker who will rename name okay. nameless. Yes. But we love her. Yes. She's adorable. Absolutely. She had um some of her kids with her. Mm-hmm. And those kids were around the same age as some of my children who were not with me. <laughs> and um, I had already done my thing and I was backstage, side stage, and the speaker was about to go on and preach. And um, one of her kids came up to her and prayed over her before she walked on stage. Whoa. And I was standing there like, I don't even know if I know Jesus right now because I don't know what kind of mom I am. And so in that moment, you know, we can laugh about it. But I really did have to fight the like, yeah, she is a really good mom because look at her kids. Mm. And that's where I went. I didn't go to like, oh, her kid is awesome. I said, she's awesome. Yeah. Because look at her kids. And if I was awesome, my kid would be doing that. What did I do wrong? What have I done wrong? Yes. And so that comparison was so thick in the in my yes, heart at that yes, moment yes and the funny thing is i never thought about till right now i wasn't comparing our kids wow i was comparing me as a mom to her yes and i automatically assumed she spends more time with them she she taught them to read the bible more she did all these right. things that i feel like a failure in mm. um and so we do that a lot with other you know moms but i'm also thinking right now i have four kids you have three kids i compare their own journeys to each other 
Hey y'all, Jamie Ivy here. I had my first child graduate from high school last year. I know it's crazy, but it was so much fun. And it was actually so much fun helping him navigate college. I loved going on school visits with him. I loved talking to him about what he was interested in. I loved going and visiting my former university that I graduated from with him. And I will admit, at some points, as fun as it was, I started to feel a little overwhelmed. I want to tell you about something in case you are in this boat. Maybe you have a junior or you have a senior, which I have two juniors right now, so I will be doing this again quite soon. But if you have a student with college on the horizon, I want to tell you about a new website to check out findyourchristiancollege.com. Find Your Christian College was created by the North American Coalition for Christian Admissions Professionals as a helpful resource for your college search process. The organization collaborates with hundreds of Christian colleges and universities across North America to promote Christian higher education. When you visit the website, you can explore more than 225 Christian college options through the school search engine, filtering search results based on things like size, location, majors, athletics, and more. You can also find and register to attend one of over 125 in-person Christian college fairs across the U.S. These fairs take place each fall and spring, and if you can't travel, there are virtual college fairs too. Also available at findyourchristiancollege.com is a free must-have online resource called The Guide to Christian Colleges and Universities. Help your student to follow their path, further their education, and find their future. Find out more at findyourchristiancollege.com slash launch. That's findyourchristiancollege.com slash L-A-U-N-C-H. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. I compare their own journeys to each other. Yes. You know, like I've got... uh, I'm not going to tell my kids business, but some of them like are in leadership positions yes. with, with faith things. Some of them are like, do I have to go to church today? Mm-hmm. Some of them have said to us, I don't want to go to church. Mm-hmm. Some of them have said, you know, I have a mentor and we're reading our Bible together. You know, some of them have devotionals that they do. It's just across the board different. And they've got the same two parents. Yes. And that's hard too to not be like, you know what? How come this kid seems to be more mature in their faith and this kid doesn't and they have the same home that they've grown up in well and part of that might be their ages because as we know like okay i'm sorry but at 
12 and 13 year olds, they're not going to be spiritual giants. Right. And I think sometimes the expectation is a tiny bit ridiculous yeah. on our part yeah. as parents. And also, it could be girls and boys. Right. Girls and boys. Yeah. Gender is sometimes an issue there. Also, personality differences. Yeah. I mean, I will say like some of my kids are more private uh-huh. about their relationship with God. Yeah. Um, and some are, are more overt yeah. about it. And I think it just all depends on... Um, where they are, yeah. age wise, where they are, even spiritual maturity wise, and so I, I absolutely think that that it plays into it. Yeah, and so I think so. I guess what I would say here is not reading into or taking symptomatically. And again, this is going to take Holy Spirit and wisdom and all these things, discernment to see, are they really in a place where we need to have a little bit of intervention, like yeah. a, a conversation about it and say, yeah. hey, how can I help? Yeah. And, or are they just in a place where we just need to pray, mm-hmm. quietly pray? And I will say, I think one of the things that has been helpful yeah. for my kids, especially my boys mm-hmm. who have talk to me less about everything yeah. because oh, that's yeah. just boys in general uh-huh. is making sure that they were provided with a tool that they had when they were ready, if they wanted it. And so that they, that was never the excuse. Yeah. Like I just never wanted them to have the excuse. Well, I didn't have a devotional. Right. So I always, whether it was Christmas or whatever, I would always get them a fresh devotional too, yeah. that was age appropriate yeah. Um, that looked interesting, uh-huh. like what kind of what was their yeah. interest and uh-huh. what was something that would match yeah. that yeah, and have that ready for them. And he, the interesting thing was at the time, they might not have even seemed like they cared that much. Right. Like that was the Christmas present they opened. They went, oh, thanks. And <laughs> yeah. they threw it to the side right. for their shoes they yeah. got. Uh-huh. Right? But later they would come to me at some point maybe and say, oh, mom, I need a new devotional. Like I had that happen a couple of times yeah. or. I could just tell that was well loved yeah. by their bed. Uh-huh. You won't always know. Yeah. And so don't assume yeah. either way. Yeah. So here's the thing. We want to launch them into a faith of their own. Right. And I will tell tell you, Jamie, and I don't I don't know about you. I mean, your family does a lot of things together. We have a, a lot of togetherness mm-hmm. in our party of five as well. Now party of six. Yes. Um, but th- it, there's been a big difference for me, the times that I've gone away and done ministry when they haven't been a part of it. Yeah. Sometimes they, it hadn't been sure. possible yeah. and come back and told them about yeah. it versus when we did it together, Yeah, you know, and cause when we launched a church together and they were folded, you know, putting up chairs yep. and they were serving in, mm-hmm. you know, in, in our community yeah. with us. Like that was a faith shaper. Yeah. So I would encourage people to include your family in what you're doing. Don't just assume like, oh, well, this is just an adult ministry. Yeah, yeah. I agree. As much as they can see, for sure. I've had the privilege of traveling around with some organizations that do ministry around the world. And uh, in the past couple of years, I've made kind of a commitment like, I will say yes to this and if I can bring one of my kids. Mm. And that's been really helpful for them to see people giving their lives away for the gospel. And I think that has been really, really good. Another thing that we've done, and, and again, we've only done this with one kid because we only have one kid of this age. We kind of made this commitment that when our kids um, started their junior year, that you know, before that time, Aaron and I were going to diligently pray and ask God to bring a mentor into their life. Mm. Someone who is not just like going to help them like 
be cool and like read books together, but someone who has a strong faith who's going to be saying the exact same things that we're saying. Yeah. Because I think that's so important with our kids' faith journey as well, is that it doesn't just feel like this is just mom and dad talking to me like this, but also you've got Alex or Deshaun or Lynn or whoever is saying, here's what I want to talk to you about as well. They read the Bible together. They pray together. They yeah. talk through big things. And so, um, and, we, and we ask them, we, we ask them, will you commit to three years to the last two years of high school and the first year of college to mentor mm. our kid. And um, so far we're doing it. And it's like something for me as a mom that feels like another tool in my tool belt mm. to parent my kids So good because it takes a village, you know? And so yeah. we, you may take your youth group, it may take someone at your church, but to bring someone on, so letting your kids see what you're doing, bringing them along in, the, in your life um, and then inviting someone into their space as well. That's so good. You know, it's a biblical model. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, like you said, a relief for the parent. It's yeah. also giving someone an opportunity that's that's younger than you, but yeah. older than your kids, to be a mentor. Yeah. Like that's a, that's it's a discipleship. Spirit. This is a whole yes. This is it's a discipleship process. Yeah. You know, when I think of all this, when I'm when I think about faith, when I think about this whole conversation, you know, I think about Jesus first. Mm. I think about Colossians one seventeen and eighteen, where it talks about how in all things he would be preeminent. Yeah. I think about that for us, Jamie, mm-hmm. as parents, because as we put Jesus first, yeah. that is something that we show our kids. It also uh, creates a tone in our families. And that is such a gift that we model. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it's working. Sometimes we don't see immediate fruit in our children, but I can tell you they're paying attention. And uh, as we model that, then we also then teach our kids, hey, in your life, here's how your life will work. You put Jesus first and then happiness, joy, fulfillment, love, success, and life. Jen Wilkin is an author and Bible teacher from Dallas, Texas. She has organized and led studies for women in home, church, and parachurch contexts. An advocate for Bible literacy, her passion is to see others become articulate and committed followers of Christ with a clear understanding of why they believe what they believe, grounded in the Word of God. We wanted Jen to speak to us about this issue of faith because we trust her and her knowledge of what God says about it, as well as her life experience as a mom. Jen has raised four pretty awesome kids, and she's paid her dues in the mom department. So we're glad that she's here today to speak to us about this topic. Hi, I'm Jen Wilkin, and here are a few things that jumped out to me in Jamie and Lisa's conversation. First, I loved how they talked about wanting to have proximity to other Christians and specifically to mentors, other adults who are trusted, who can sort of triangulate the message with our kids. And I say absolutely to that. That is solid gold, even though it's frustrating when you hear your kids coming home and telling you some amazing truth that they just learned from someone who's not you, and you 100% know that you have said it to them many times before. But that's a really great thing to happen, and it's really good to be able to locate people who are trusted adults who can spend time around your kids, who can reinforce a lot of the things that you have been trying to help them to understand for all of their childhood. I think another group that we really wanted our kids to have proximity to, in addition to other believers, is, believe it or not, 
unbelievers, we wanted to make sure that our kids came into contact with people who didn't believe what we believed, whether um, that was because they were functionally secular humanists or they were parts of another religion. We wanted our kids to not just know people who had different beliefs than we had, but be actual friends with them. And so whether it was a worldview difference or an actual religion difference, we wanted that to be a human issue for our kids versus just like a category of people. Because I just know when I was growing up in the church, it was like people who didn't believe what we believed were somehow less than us or maybe not as smart as us or um, something like that. And, And we just really wanted our kids to think of the lost people that they knew as people that they loved and cared about, people that they thought had a good sense of humor or people that they liked their sense of style, like just the the typical normal human overlap that we have with other people. We didn't want them to think of unbelievers as just a category. They needed to be human beings of flesh and bones and emotions and real struggles and real wins in their lives. So I think especially for those of us who are really involved in our churches, we can get head down in the Christian bubble. And it's very important from our view, Jeff's and mine as parents, that the kids were around people who thought and believed differently than we did so that we could have good, respectful dialogue with them, the unbelieving friends, but also good, respectful dialogue about them and their beliefs within our home. Um, So it just opened up a lot of opportunities for discipleship for us. Lisa made the point, our faith can't be their faith, and I think that's so important. We do feel like we have to get ahead of this and um, like say all of the right things, give them all of the right statements so that they can have the same thought-out faith that we have. But what I've learned through the years of parenting is that anytime a conversation begins with a child around a matter of faith, I don't want to respond to a question with a statement. I want to respond to a question with another question because so often I would project onto the child what I thought was the question that they were asking regarding their faith when in fact it might be coming from a completely different place for them. And so asking a question in return to a question about faith changes the way that the child perceives your role in the conversation. Rather than you being the expert who's communicating to the amateur what it is that they should think, you're drawing them into a dialogue so that you can have a back and forth. That way they're forming their own thinking versus just simply receiving your thoughts. It can be really tempting as parents to just keep telling our kids things, and that devolves pretty quickly into a lecture or a monologue, and monologues are not something that hold our interest for very long. They don't uh, require any participation on the part of the child. So obviously I'm talking about kids who are, you know, like let's say mid to late elementary, kids who are capable of holding a conversation with you about any topic are capable of holding a conversation with you about matters of faith. But conversations are two-way. And when we respond with questions instead of with answers, uh, sometimes what we're communicating is just a great interest in knowing what they think, but also sometimes we respond with questions and then when they follow up with a question, we still have to say, yeah, I don't actually know the answer to that. And that's also a really good thing for our children to witness. 
you don't want to present to your child a picture of absolute certainty as an adult person of faith. You want them to know that you too have things that you don't yet know or things that you feel doubt around, but that that sense of not knowing or that sense of doubt does not supersede your faith, that you still have a deep and abiding trust in the Lord. They're going to need that witness. They're going to need to know that what it looks like to be a full-grown adult who follows Christ is not that we have absolute certainty and that everything is clear to us, but that we have some things we know certainly and other things that we're trusting the Lord on and walking in humility around. I think that um, we can sometimes respond to our kids with the attitude of, I have an answer for every question, or I have a spiritual habit that I can tell you that can make you holy or make you righteous. And instead, if we humble ourselves and enter into the conversation, um, certainly from the place of authority of a parent, but also as a co-learner, as someone who's also a disciple and saying, I don't know the answer. Let's see if we can find out together. I loved what Jamie said about Deuteronomy 6. She said that our example is powerful. I cannot amen that enough. Um, I know that for all of the accurate words that Jeff and I tried to put around uh, spiritual conversations, far and away the most important factor in shaping our kids' spiritual journey while they were in the home was that they witnessed the two of us enjoying having conversation about um, topics of faith together. They witnessed us doing that with our friends. Uh, And not only that, we made it a point when appropriate to include them in those adult settings so that they could see this is what it looks like. Um, You don't just want your children to be in faith conversation settings with their peers. The youth group plays an important function for them, but it's really good to have them in settings where families are together talking about issues of faith or where they see you with other adults really hacking through some ideas together, um, laughing your way through it, agreeing to disagree, wondering, pausing, searching the scriptures. All of those things are really helpful witness for them. Your kids are going to know whether you are telling them to do something that you yourself are not really doing. And it's in those moments of transparency where they see you in natural um, cycles of friendships with other believers that they begin to understand that to be a part of the body of believers is such an important function of their faith. Too often we over-message to our kids their personal relationship with the Lord, and so it might be that we're like, you should have a quiet time. Um, But it's when we are in conversation with other believers about the deep things of the Lord that the work that we do in our individual moments really starts to come alive. So that would just be a parting thought that I have, and that is that we don't want to overemphasize personal relationship. No one is saved just into a personal relationship with the Lord. We are all saved into relationship with Him and thereby into fellowship with one another. So we can give our kids a picture of what that fellowship looks like, a true picture in the way that we interact with other believers, and we can give them um, a pattern for it. And then we can help them to be around peers and mentors who can actually be that for them. Launch is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Executive producer is Jamie Ivy. Produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Art by Noel Rhodes. Original music by Matt Graham. Your co-hosts are myself, Jamie Ivy, and Lisa Whittle. Thank you for listening. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. 
Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.